Bandwidth for Erotic Awakening is provided by Power Exchange Summit. All things Power Exchange. Classes, workshops, and education. Social spaces and fun. Building a place that allows for people who are interested in all kinds of power exchange relationships to come and explore our lifestyle. More than just an event, this is a celebration of power exchange relationships in its many forms. Buy the early bird ticket for $50 for a three-day event. The cheapest event in the entire Erotic Awakening podcast listening audience zone thing. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of lost it. (laughs) Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Um, no, seriously. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Hi. Sir. <laughs> it's good that you called me sir. On today's episode of Erotic Awakening, we are going to be doing some questions and answers that are focused on a power exchange relationship. We are. So we've, we've kind of got a built up of uh, questions of the day, and they mm-hmm. all seem to be power exchange and uh, MS themed. So we're mm-hmm. going to knock those all out together. Awesome. And we are also going to be talking to uh, the mighty Nick from uh, Trans Campout. Yes. The people at Trans Campout have offered our listeners a promotional code TCO2012 underscore Erotic Awakening. That'll get you 15% off of nice. your, uh, the event, the cost of the event at Trans Campout. And it's a great event. So if you get a chance to go, you know, I, I would definitely try it out. So Absolutely. it's outdoors, it's camping, it's a bunch of friendly people, a bunch of great food, and... Yes. <laughs> I've been actually um, very, uh, I've been pr- uh, suggesting to different presenters that we know that they go mm-hmm. check it out because it's a wonderful experience for presenters yes. as well. It just so happens that uh, Karen, who people from the podcast listen, podcast may recognize as somebody I mentioned on occasion, mm-hmm. as well as Lady Elsa and boy Chris, mm-hmm. are all going to be presenting at Can- Trans Camp Out as a result of me nudging them in that direction. Sweet. So that's that. Mm-hmm. Um of course, there's always got a sand too. <laughs> oh, are they going back I like this year? Got a sand. Yeah, they've been yes. there every year. So, or the last three years. I'm not sure how long it's been going on. So, great stuff. Great stuff indeed. And of course, we want to thank Power Exchange Summit for being the intro <laughs> thingamajig at the beginning, which of course is us. Yes. So, uh, and then, by the way, if you've always thought, well, how can I support Dan and Don and still mm-hmm. go spend three days at a hotel? With free Wi-Fi. This is your opportunity. Uh, because part of our um, continuing educational mission of the Erotic Awakening podcast was to, you know, part of that was let's throw together a three-day event. Right. And um, so far, ticket sales are very solid. 
Mm-hmm. Plenty. Mm-hmm. There are tickets left. Don't wait, but there are tickets left. Yes. So at the moment, um, it has not been open to the general public, so it's still just podcast listeners. But I think this go- this podcast gets put out the day before it goes live to the rest of the world. Yes. So, so. you don't want to wait. <laughs> don't and, and wait. We actually first announced it on the um, the mailing list that you yes. set up off the Erotic Awakening website, mm-hmm. and you said something about. Um, Flags before we got started? Flags before we got started? Yeah, you just told me that you had it. It's normally an American flag. Oh, oh, oh. I forgot already. <laughs> <laughs> I started thinking about the summit, and it's like my brain just, just fries. So, But um, with this um, program that I use for the uh, email subscription list, it'll tell me every once in a while to give me a report, and it gives me little pictures of flags of where everybody's come from, and it'll just say little happy things like, you are so popular in, and it'll show me an American flag. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> recently, today, I got this little thing, and it said, you are popular in, and I didn't recognize the flag, so I had to go click it and find out what it was, and it's Panama. Oh. So I just thought that's so cool. <laughs> well, welcome um, to our listener from Panama, Panama. <laughs> where they speak Panamaese, I, I guess. I, I, I think, don't know. Actually, I believe they speak Espanol in Panama, but I really don't know. I really don't know either. Obviously, they speak English. They Somebody speak down English. there does, because we sure as fuck don't do our podcast in any other language. Uh, regardless of the occasional wacky accents that I throw out there. Um, let's go. So we have a lot to talk about, but let's knock out the first question. Okay. And I have not seen these questions, oh, so you'll you have to tell have me what they are. not. So let me tilt my little microphone here. Hmm. Okay. Here's, here's one for you, sir. Okay. When can I actually claim to be a dom? So it seems this asker is new and he's already mentoring another young dom. But he has not had a mentor himself, mm-hmm. feels very inexperienced, and just wants to know when he can claim the title. Sure. We've actually had this question asked of us before, mm-hmm. and I think we may have even had it on the podcast before. Maybe. But, uh, the funny thing is, after you've done 160 episodes, which is, you know, obviously, we've been doing this over the course of a couple of years, it may well be that our answers change. So uh, you can claim that you are a dom when you have sent me $4,000, <laughs> I will send you your secret badge and initiate you into blah, blah, blah. No, or, no, no. <laughs> so the assumption here is that we are talking about a dom in the sense of a dom sub, in the sense of a power exchange relationship, not in the sense of a BDSM top. Mm-hmm. The language is a little uh, interchangeable at this point, but we'll assume he's talking about a leader in a power exchange relationship. Okay. You can claim your dom whenever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. That being said, you know, there's just, wow, that's, that's an interesting question. It there's is. so many little things. Um, yeah. You know, do you, claim your, do you claim that you're a dom when you have a sub? Well, mm-hmm. that's one way to look at it. Um. I will. I tell you what. I'm going to make it simple. I could come up. I could. We could do this as a topic. I think. But I'm going to make it simple. Okay. When you are responsible for a submissive, you can claim yourself, and you act in that capacity. Mm-hmm. You can call yourself a dom. See, I like that answer a lot. 
So, of course, there's going to be people that feel different ways. I mean, I'm sure there's a whole FetLife group that <laughs> feels different ways. I'm sure I'll feel different ways so, next time somebody asks. I know. Because, well, like on FetLife, you have to, we don't have to pick a label, but some people would pick the label of Dom because it's who they want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they know they're not a submissive. They don't feel like they're a switch. So that kind of leaves them as a dom. But, you know, I really like the fact that he says he's inexperienced. He doesn't feel like he can use it yet. But you did that with master. You did not use master for a long time. Mm-hmm. We used dom and sub. And um, until, a, a <laughs> until a mistress that we know, Mistress S., mm-hmm said, uh, Dan, sir, um, you have owned a slave for quite a while now. You have been responsible for this slave. And when are you going to use master? Yeah. <laughs> now, I used to be a lot more hardcore about that. Uh, but I think that the, our subculture used to be a little, a little more hardcore about mm-hmm. it. And, and the fact that we were both, uh, we started off in more of a leather traditional kind of a background. Right. Where, where the earning, where the idea that you call yourself a master when you've earned the title of master, not when you've. I mean, there was no Fet Life. Mm-hmm. Um, IRC was still pretty cool. <laughs> um, and the idea that, you know, you would you call yourself master when you've earned the title master. And if you go, you know, there's still some cultures within our, our MS culture that still see it that way. Um, but, yeah, you know, we've, we've you, you, everybody's got to uh, chart their own path, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm not. You know what? The one thing that I did figure out in all this is that it's not my job. Right. It is not my job to tell you. Yes, mm-hmm. you are legitimately able to use the word master. You're legitimately able to use whatever title you want to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I um, are master slave in life. Right. That is our lifestyle choice, and that's one of the reasons we've used the title. We've also used the title in a perspective of earned. We have earned the title mm-hmm. and literally stood in front of a bunch of judges who judged us worthy or unworthy and <laughs> labeled us uh, the master-slave title bearers for mm-hmm. our region. Uh, none of these things are good or bad, good, right, wrong. It's not any book that you read. Um, interesting, though... Uh, one of the threads on FetLife is if you were, you know, do you, and I just answered this one recently, do you view somebody, do you view dominance differently than non-dominant identifying people? Hmm. What an interesting question. Do you? Do I? Identi- do you, um, if somebody identifies themselves as a dominant, do you view them different than if they didn't do not identify them as anything? I don't. I'd like to say I don't think so because actions speak louder than words. So just because somebody's titled themselves as something, I go by their actions more than how they've titled themselves in this lifestyle anyway. So, of course, I'm trying to think of examples and I'm not coming up with any examples. Well, for example, you know, I mean, my, for myself, and I, most of the responses to this were like, oh, no, I, I view everyone openly and honest. You mm-hmm. know, when, regardless of your title, I see everyone as a human being first. And, you know, right. I don't judge anyone based on how they identify. And, you know, I personally was the person that spoke up and said, I, I do. Yeah. You know, and I think that people that don't identify, don't judge people based on the title they give themselves are a little bit... Uh, deluding themselves. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. In general, right? If somebody mm-hmm. says, you know, if you're, 
you get into a, a little minor fender bender with somebody, and the guy right. that gets out of the car says, oh, I'm so sorry, I was on my way to church. My name's Father Mahehi. Right. Right? You view them differently That's once true. they've identified by that label. That's if somebody true. says, you know, um, I'm a doctor, or, you know, I'm a narcissist. That's or, what I was trying to think of. You know, when you give yourself a, a label and you introduce yourself as like this label. clergy. Yeah, sure. That's what I teach my clergy people, you know, when I teach them in training. You know, once you label yourself, there's expectations. So with a dominant, if a dom calls himself a dom, I do hold him up to higher expectations. Sure. Is that kind of where you're going with that? Because I a, absolutely do. That is where I was going with that. And if somebody's okay. going to label themselves as a master. Mm-hmm. Fine, I don't care. But if you're gonna, you know, I, I, this is the different. If you're online, I don't give a rat's ass how right. you label yourself. You doesn't mean anything. <laughs> if we've met in person and you labeled yourself as a master, and you're submissive or you're a slave, the person who identifies as the, your property is a brat and a in a and a ball buster or whatever bad thing, you know, I do judge you more harshly versus if you said, you know, I'm Bob. Right. You know, when you say I'm master, Bob, you're making a statement. I'm a master of this situation. And that means it's your situation. When you say I'm Bob and that's my girlfriend and my girlfriend's being a bitch, I say, well, shit, man, I can relate. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you say you're master, Bob, and my sla- and, I, and I see your slave as being a bitch, right. I'm like, all right, master, Bob, <laughs> stop masturbating and do something about it if you want to call your... Well, again, but that's just you and me. Yeah, eh. it's just us. But I see what you're getting at now. There's definitely expectations, you know, what... Like I said, I'm relating it to clergy and I'm relating it now to masters. So once you start using that title. And you know what? This shit happens to us all the time. Absolutely. Because we go to an event and we're introduced as, oh, it's Dan and Don the educators. Mm-hmm. It's Dan and Don the authors. It's Dan and Don the event directors. Mm-hmm. And I have just seen that for the first time at Winter Wickedness. Right. That was the first time we actually, in, in a public venue, announced Power Exchange mm-hmm. Summit's coming, right? Mm-hmm. And there were some people there who interacted with us. Oh, oh a little differently oh, from um, yes. Friday to Saturday. Yeah, right. really interesting. Um, so that's, wow. Yeah, Friday one, we're that, that pre- presenters question. and Saturday we're yeah. event producers. So, so but, eh. And we probably do the same thing when, you know, I, I think it's human. I think so too. I, and it's funny thing is we had a real difficulty in our Power Exchange relationship when I took the aspect of uh, my spiritual path of Buddhism and saying, oh, I must uh, remove all labels from my life because all <laughs> labels create illusions, all labels mm-hmm. create... Um, um, and I won't go into the whole Sanskrit aspect of it. Just um, It was really interesting for a while to try and do go without labels, blah, blah, blah. Let's go on. Let's okay. go on. That was pretty good for one question. That was though. pretty good for one question. So I thought we were going to zip right through them, but yes. we always have a lot to say. Speaking of winter <laughs> wickedness, uh, I will put out the put this out. Uh, Barrick's a, um, a fibber. A fibber? Yes. I saw Uh-oh. on a uh, FetLife post, he said that the producer of the podcast, i.e. me, mm-hmm. talked them into doing their podcast after Winter Wickedness, where I seem to recall wanting to take a fucking nap, and they wanted to do their podcast, but that's okay. I remember that. So, um, but anyway, just came back from Winter Wickedness, mm-hmm. and for you and I, it was a fantastic experience. And if you want to know more about Winter Wickedness, listen to episode 169, Barak and Sheba broke right. it down. They are the event directors of that event, mm-hmm. so they knew what was going on there. 
uh, interesting for us because we didn't have to really do anything. That was a first for us out of all the winter wickedness and wickednesses <laughs> and copes that have gone on over the last few years. Um, we didn't have a wedding chapel. We didn't have Scarlet Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to present, even though we they thought threatened. we were going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, really didn't have anything to do but play and socialize. I actually went to a couple of workshops, actually played both nights, had a fabulous time. Mm-hmm. So great event. Yep, absolutely. Um, and Looking forward to the next one. Yes. Looking forward to Cope in six months. Yep. Um, well, I had a really nice time. Now, you uh, you got your play on a little bit. I did. Yes. <laughs> More than one person, as a More than fact. one. So, and, uh, well, it was kind of funny, too, because the, the, the Indianapolis couple that was supposed to be there got sick and couldn't make it. Right, right. So another Indianapolis couple that's friends with the first Indianapolis couple, that's who I got to play <laughs> with. But... They pulled the Erotic Awakening podcast trick. They said, Dawn, I listen to the Erotic Awakening podcast, Mm -hmm. and I'm playing the card. When would you like to play? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that was their opening Yes, yes, that is what they did. So, you know, so I got to play with them. That was really great. Um, actually negotiated with somebody else a couple of days beforehand, and that was a great scene. You and I had a wicked scene. Can I just say, CIA clowns, zappers, and vet rap. <laughs> you can say that, sure. I don't know if anyone else will understand it, but that was I our don't scene. Know, that, was but good... that was our scene. So, yeah. and punching and leading around, so trust and yes. Um, Heaven. It, it was very nice now, and I have to say, uh, now, for myself, uh, Slave Jim joined us for mm-hmm. a little while. She did. And that was she nice. Did. And she actually got her vest finally, mm-hmm. which we uh, wanted, we gifted to, to her some time ago, but haven't had a chance right. to give it to her. Um, and as you mentioned, you and I got to play Friday night. I had mm-hmm. another uh, scene with the aforementioned Karen on Saturday night. But uh, interestingly, um, Someone else, a podcast listener, someone that we know mm-hmm. from the podcast. They did not use their Dan, I'm a podcast <laughs> listener. I'm turning in my, because I don't have one of those. No. I, which, by the way, I do now. <laughs> but um, I had this really interesting scene with someone. Uh-huh. Um, boy, I guess it's really. Without dis- it being in the dungeon. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It was in the social. Uh, I, and I'm, I'm, try, I'm playing whether I'm going to say this person's name or not, which obviously, I, I guess I can't say her her name. Um, but I can tell now if she actually listens to the podcast or not because she's going to say, ooh, that's me, that's me. Right. Where um, it really just said, it was like, oh, you know, and I don't really have, you know, I don't really have another scene in me. I've got a full dance car, but let's just mm-hmm. sit in the social area and chitter chat. Right. And we did, and we chatted, and it was really interesting how it progressed into a scene where it was really just in the social room, the primarily just chatting and Flirting and it really it started to go over that edge into scene kind of space mm-hmm. um, to the point where you were in the middle of a scene at the time. Mm-hmm. Now in our and, and just to break into a little bit of polyamory discussion, mm-hmm. the way our polyamory works that if we get a scene with someone, our partners like to know that first, right. if possible. Not a big deal, but if possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, Karen was like the manager on duty at the time, so in the middle of this thing, I said, "All right, hey, let's stop for a second. And we had to walk out into the hallway where Karen was. And I said, hey, Karen, I want you to meet this person. And Karen's like, well, okay, I've met somebody nice. (laughs) 
I said, okay, we're going to go back into what we were doing. So that it was the this intensity was such right. that I had to break and say, oh, you know, other person that I have an intimate relationship with, if you were to walk through the um, social area. social area, you would see I'm having creating a new intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. So that was really neat. I don't know what if I needed to tell that story <laughs> on the podcast, um, but I did. Well, but you, you did. But you did. So that was funny. winter wickedness for me. That was winter wickedness. So kind of funny. So you just crossed a line that you weren't so sure you wanted to cross on the podcast. I kind of did that the other night with uh, Eros Gathering. <laughs> 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 that is just so funny because it's like you share, you share, you share, and then you go, oh, whoa, I share a lot, but should I share that? <laughs> I, I see on the old Twitter <laughs> that uh, Liquid Whispers says, Big thanks to Dan and Dawn for putting together last night's Eros Gathering. Promises to be 80 tons of mind-blowing holy fuckery. Nice. Interesting. I um, like that description. Yes. <laughs> so last night, um, oh my God, or two nights ago. Two nights ago. Here in central Ohio. Well, the night after Winter Wickedness. Yes. <laughs> What were we thinking? Rest? Who needs that? <laughs> oh, what were we thinking? It was the only night on the right. calendar. <laughs> so last night, uh, you and I kicked off a new group, mm-hmm. Eros Gathering, here in central Ohio. Mm-hmm. The idea of uh, a group of like-minded adventurers who want to explore sacred sexuality. Yes. And what was your experience? Did you... I enjoyed it. Oh, so what was this whole, this thing you were just talking about, though? The... Oh, the crossing of the yes. line? yes. Oh my God! So you gonna make me do it again? Um, I don't know. No, I, I just want you to explain what you did that was crossing the line. Oh well, it was just you know giving a little bit too much information about myself, and it's really really weird <laughs> because I would do it here on the podcast. I right. do it. That's what it is. I would do it on the podcast because I don't know who all is listening. Mm-hmm. You know, so kind of anonymous, kind of. Right. <laughs> The exception of the number of people that walk up to it and say, oh, I do exactly. Which, by the way, a shout out to, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh-oh. He just married. Oh, you don't even know about this. Guess who got married? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. Oh. Okay. Anonymity. I'll tell Anonymity. you after the podcast is okay. over. But uh, uh, somebody that with the, the uh, female in the relationship we've known for some time, we keep running into her at events. Okay. But she just got married to a guy that mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever met before. And and I, I will admit, Guy, I would even say your name if I can remember it. I'm having a brain fart at the moment. <laughs> I will tell you this. We went to um, Mojo Daddy's Pressure Point class. Yes. Which I immediately forgot all everything. I'm still me. bruised up from it. <laughs> but um, this one big guy comes out there and he says, you know, all those Pressure Point things don't really work on me because I'm a big guy. I remember him. And man... Fuck, he was right. He was right. <laughs> now, Mojo Daddy did find that one spot that... Ooh, yes, ooh. the jaw. <laughs> yes. Um, where was that coming from? Anyway, he was the person who got married. The point oh. to all that being what? I don't know. What was the point to him getting married? No, there was something before that. Crossing the line. Oh, people that come up to us and say, hey, I've yes. heard you on the podcast. So... That all started because he came up to me and he said, <laughs> this huge guy uh-huh. comes up to me and says, hey, you. He's like, fuck, who have I been flirting with now? I've got to get my ass kicked. And he said, I recognize your voice from the podcast. Oh, Neat. good. That good. is so weird when that happens. So, yes. yeah, so it's anonymous, but not always anonymous because that's happened a few times now. And, uh, so, and then presentations, if we're out of town, it's nothing for me to share intimate 
vulnerable secret, mm-hmm. right? But then Eros gathering over over half, probably eighty percent of the people, and there was probably about, well, there was probably about thirty people in the gathering, and um, so most of them I knew. There was probably only about two or three that I didn't. And um, I just shared stuff about my orgasms and stuff that, and it was just weird because the people knew me. <laughs> yes, I, I know. I talk about it all no, the time. <laughs> I have on our show notes, one of the things we're going to talk about is that you were masturbated with a tentacle finger after, <laughs> after slut play. <laughs> and I posted it on FetLife. But the idea <laughs> And that, I would have posted pictures if I had them. Yes. But the idea that sharing intimate details about your sex life can also be crossing the line in a different situation. I don't get I blushed. Do you know how long it's been since I've blushed? It is not that uncommon for I, you to blush, I don't think. Okay. Well, I had to, I blushed and, and hiccuped and walked into a corner and gave the workshop over to you. Yes. Here's uh, something that you don't know. Another when, thing I don't know? Yes. Wait a minute. This is number two. <laughs> okay. Many things you don't know. But. <laughs> Uh, I just now, 42 seconds ago, according to my Twitter, uh, Molina Williams twittered, tweeted that she's very glad to now have time. She has a quality new laptop, which means she'll nice. be back doing more podcasts with us Ooh, soon. Ooh, awesome. So for those that think I'm a big Molina tease, because mm-hmm. I said our brand new host, and then she <laughs> only had one show, and it's been a break for a while. Uh, she will be back soon. She, she will. Equipment difficulties. Yes, equipment failure. So, cool. Awesome. Let's do another question. Another question. Okay, because we did just cover the things we've done recently. So that was Eros Gathering, Winter Wickedness, and Masturbated with a Tentacle Finger. Yes. <laughs> Which was so given that makes to me wonder, I... while, I am master, er, while you're being used with a tentacle finger. Used. <laughs> if part of your brain is saying, oh, i got to add this to the show notes. No, it wasn't there at all. It was like, oh, nubbies, oh, right there. Oh, my God, what if it was a real tentacle? Wait, it feels like a real... I can... Yes. (laughs) And then I had to change the sheets. Oh, wait, that's crossing that line. (laughs) All right, so let's see. Another MS one. Um, Well, this this one can go a little short or a little long. Depends how much we have to say. What importance does a collar have to a slave and their master? It's a good question. Why don't you go first? Well, for the problem with answering some of these is that I can only answer from my own experience. Okay. So, well, you know, an experience of others and what they've told me. Yeah, but, but let's, let's but, keep it there. Okay, what is so your, my in experience. Your experience. In my experience, um, my collar is actually more important to me than my wedding ring. So I value my wedding ring. I love my wedding ring. I'm happy that we're married. I enjoy that we're married. But our first symbol of commitment was my collar. Mm -hmm. So I, oh, what is this? February? (gasps) A couple of weeks. We've been formally collared for 11 years. So, and then it was nine months after that or so before we got married. Mm-hmm. So we were collared first. And, you know, to me, that was just more important. We designed our relationship. We created a contract. We had all these things that we had looked at really, really close. And here I was going to totally surrender to you. I was going to surrender to somebody. I was going to let someone else be in charge. You know, that was actually a bit hard for me. It's the most empowered place I can stand, 
you know, but it was, it was hard for me until I made that decision. So I, yeah, it's, it's more important than a wedding ring. So, and I still wear my, my day collar every mm-hmm. day. So now you'll be all sniffy. I know. <laughs> um, I tell you the importance of a collar to me. And again, I'm not going to say to all masters, but to me, mm-hmm. I have had in service in the past maybe year, maybe 18 months, one, two, I just count four. Okay. Really? Four. Counting um, temp. Temp Sarah, right? Yeah. So temp slave, the most, maybe just three. So temp slave, um, Cincinnati. Yes, yes. Person, slave gem. Maybe it's just, plus me. That's four. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the la- the two that brought I brought in last... Um, Started off with collars made of yarn. yarn. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I always start off slaves with collars of yarn. Yarn mm-hmm. is very impermanent, and I point that out. This is it's a temporary thing. Right. Um, I sometimes go there from from there to ribbon on occasion, and then to leather, which is far more permanent. Mm-hmm. And then you and Jem also have steel collars, which is in this case necklaces, and mm-hmm. I call them day collars. Right. Um, To me, I, I personally and see collars as very significant. A um, when I give somebody a leather collar, it is a uh, pretty clear sign that I have made a commitment, mm-hmm. a commitment to some responsibility, uh, and a commitment to that person, and a commitment to their growth, and a, a long term. And in general, long term could mean three months or six months or a year. You know what? I wouldn't give a. Right. I take that not three months. I wouldn't give a leather collar to someone for a three month commitment, but six months to a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us, it certainly was the equivalent of a wedding ring. It is, Absolutely. and it's, it means the same thing to me. It's me. It says I am making a commitment to you, um, and I expect a commitment in return. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a so that's the importance of a collar to me. Awesome. All right now. That's that easy enough. I will make a side note, by the way, that um, one of the things that happened at Winter Wickedness was uh, the one of the people that we were under, that was under consideration and actually was um, bound to me for a little while. Mm-hmm. The one from Cincinnati came up to me at Winter Wickedness, and we had a little heart to heart. Yeah, and uh, that was nice. It's always um, one of the reasons to treat people with dignity and respect, and to do things in a ritualistic way of um beginning and ending the relationship is so you can see them at events and not go that's true you know and we had a nice little you know a couple minutes of and i actually presented to this person that i learned some stuff from our relationship nice so that was neat nice so cool it always helps not to have the ickies yeah so and there was no ickies yep one of the things that i don't know though what's that and I hope that our listeners do know something about this. Uh, we were written via the comment form on the Erotic Awakening website. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone, and they said we can use their name, their name of Chris. They said uh, that they were looking for, what is it? They are looking for, let me find it again. Oh, where can we find more resources for adult nursing relationships? Mm-hmm. So, and what this is, is they've just had a child recently. Mm-hmm. 
And so, of course, you know, she's in nursing sure, status, sure. I guess is what you would call it. Lactating is Yes, the term. lactating. So that just sounds so weird. But yeah, so she's lactating. And um, while they were having sex one time, he ended up doing what he normally does and played with her nipples and, you know, and bit her nipples. And, of course, milk, you know, was expressed and they tended to enjoy it. So now they're thinking that that may actually have turned into a fetish for them. Mm -hmm. So they want more information, more resources for adult nursing relationships. Now, I I don't know if you remember this, but we met a woman in D.C. Mm -hmm. many years ago. And she actually, that's She was taught to lactate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I remember remember that. that. So, old podcast listeners, if you are uh, familiar with the adult nursing relationships, Mm -hmm. maybe you're a lactator Mm -hmm. or someone who teaches people to lactate. I don't know. We know nothing about this subculture. So, give us a holler and you can be a guest on the Erotic Awakening podcast and teach us something. Oh, that would be great. Or if you just want to send us some links because you don't want to talk, that's fine too. (laughs) We should tell people how they can contact us. Ooh, that's always nice. So, you know what's getting a lot, a lot of use is that comment form. Yes. I'm really surprised how much is coming through with the comment form. Um, So, on www.eroticawakening.com, go to the comment form and you can type your question in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could always just write us via the E letter at Dawn at eroticawakening.com. That's Mm -hmm. Dan and Dawn as three words all smashed together. Or you can find us on our group on FetLife, Erotic Awakening, two words. Or on the Twitter, mm-hmm. you can follow Dan and Dawn. Yes, all one word. Uh, and you can find all <laughs> kinds of good stuff, other ways to contact us where we'll be presenting, past podcast episodes, and all the different presentations we do at eroticawakening.com. Indeed. Not at powerexchangesummit.org, which is where you would go to buy your tickets. Yes. To go to Power Exchange Summit, so you can spend three days with us. Yay! That'd be so much fun. That, that is going to be so much fun. <laughs> it is, it is. It is for us. I don't know if anybody else is going to have fun. <laughs> we're going to, well, I'm looking forward to everything we're doing with that. So, cool. So what do we have? Oh, you know what? <gasps> People are still sending me tentacle sex pictures. <laughs> Secretive Slave. Through Twitter. A fine-looking gentleman. Yes. fine-looking gentleman. Yes. Sent me a link. Not a girl. Not a girl. <laughs> Just to be clear, <laughs> if anyone's not clear about that. But he sent me a link to a tentacle ring. Yes. It is so cute. <laughs> and, and a lot of stuff on that site very cute. Now, I, uh-huh. I was thinking Valentine's um, gift for you from that site, but... <laughs> Uh, it's a, some of the stuff with the stuff that I like is a bit on the expensive side, so we'll have so. to wait until a post tax return Valentine's. Ooh, on that one. I better get the taxes done. So, and then oh, Space Hippie Geek sent us some links as well to some artwork. Yes, and and thank you, Space Hippie Geek, for trying twice. We yes. the first time didn't come through, uh, but this time came through. Very neat stuff too, and, and mm-hmm. we always appreciate people sending us awesome. Well. <laughs> sending you tentacle sex stuff. <laughs> but you enjoy it too. How about somebody, hey, hey, podcast listener, send Dan something. Ooh, what would Dan like? Uh, oh, <laughs> eh, boobies. <laughs> boobies. Uh, Maybe, no, I won't go there. <laughs> so, but, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what Dan would like. Dan would what? like you to rate us on iTunes, tweet about us, or like us on Facebook. Ooh. And pictures of That boobies. works, that works. So, you know what? If you're going to send me, you know, I'm not really, the whole picture's of boobies, that's cute, but 
I tell you what, if you're a podcast listener uh-huh. listening to this, send me a picture of your boobies. <gasps> That's neat. That would be that hot. That would be very neat. That would be hot. Even if they're like in a wet t-shirt or something. So That would be so cool. That, even not in a wet t-shirt. That would be neat. Okay. Maybe wearing an Erotic Awakening that t-shirt. Because a... <laughs> <laughs> one person in the world's bought one so far. Yes. So, and one other person won one. That's sunny in California. That's true. That's true. Cool. So speaking of podcast listeners, though, we also have Andy. So a shout out, shout out to Andy. Um, he Our thinks, favorite Canadian. Canadian stalker. Except, <laughs> stalker. Except for his wife. Except for his wife, right. Um, what, why do I want to feed her rum? I can't remember that. Feed her rum? There's a, something in Texas, they told us. We were talking to them in Texas. Yeah. And there's a point in feeding her rum. Um, I think it was so you could get a blowjob. <laughs> it's not anything so crass, is it? I think it may well be, actually. Let's keep going. What did, why did you bring up Andy? Oh, because he gave us a term. Um, he was chit-chatting about something and, and gave us a term to kind of describe what we were trying to describe on a previous podcast. So, you know, I talk about how our MS, we don't have to think about our MS. We were talking about uh-huh. this. We don't have yeah. to think about our MS anymore. It is just who we are. It is our dynamic. It is how we think about things. It's how we interact. And he gave us the term organic MS. And I just like that. Mm-hmm. It just really, really clicks for me. So, Well, thank you, Andy. And we're hoping to um, see you soon at one of the events. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, do not, we often cross paths with them. So I expect... But we will be crossing paths with his wife in a little while. So, uh... Is that an innuendo for some sexual activity? Ooh, well, hmm. <laughs> She's going to have friends with her. Maybe it's an orgy. Um, it might be. Bring out the rum. News to them, huh? Yeah, really. Like they're probably, hopefully they're not listening to this episode on the way here going, wait, wait a minute. minute. When she says she had a cat, I thought she meant something else. So really quickly, um, as I'm quickly running out of steam, mm-hmm. uh, if you are in the central Ohio area, you can find us presenting at the National Leather Association on, on Sunday, which is February... What is it? Are you February twelfth? February twelfth. Yes. Awesome. So, and we're going to be presenting. Um, they want us to talk about the Eros Gathering, which is the sacred sexuality. So, we have presented for NLA about like sacred BDSM. Mm-hmm. So we've done that before, and this will be more on the sacred sexuality part. So we'll see how that goes. But what if they're not in Columbus, Ohio? Well, if they're not in Columbus, Ohio, maybe they're in Canada. Yes. Because, you know, anybody that's in Canada, it's a short drive to anywhere else in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, and we're going to be in Edmonton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's not really a short time <laughs> drive. I know, but you know, as Americans, that's what some of us think. Yes. Oh, you're in Canada? Great. <laughs> so, if you're not in um, central Ohio and you are in Edmonton, you mm-hmm. can find us there. At the Looper Lupercalia. Yes. And Mm -hmm. um, if those don't work for you, you can always, well, you can't always, but you'll be able to find us in St. Louis in the March, April time. We're actually going to have a um, pretty decent Columbus contingent going to St. Louis. So there's going to be me and you and Barrick and Sheba and then two of our house members, Master Rick and Rick's Kitten. Yep. So, and we will all be there. Um, Do we know if our new old St. Louis friends listen to the podcast? Our new... Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Just in case they do, um, 
uh, God, I don't have a secret. Yeah. Okay, well, you know who you are, uh-huh. and we'll call you S. Yeah. S. If you are actually listening to the podcast, S, I want you to stop whatever you're doing right now, and I want you to slip a hand <laughs> into your panties slowly, slowly, until the tip of your finger passes your mound and reach just the highest points of your pussy. And then stop and pull your hand out and go back to what you were doing. You dirty little slut. (laughs) Yay, I'm wet. (laughs) That works for me. Do we have to keep going? I hope it works for her, too. (laughs) I hope it does, too. Um, So, one more question. Um, And let's wrap this fucker up. Questions. So. Oh, and then we got it. And then we still got our interview with Nick. We and do. the reason we did the interview with Nick is we had such a wonderful time at Camp Out last mm-hmm. year, but Nick was the cook, and that's really uh, the key to our heart mm-hmm. is food. So <laughs> show me your boobies or show me your cooking. Either one works for me. <laughs> so, um, you know, I would like to mention one more thing about the Power Exchange Summit because I'm so, 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 so excited about yes, it. Yes. We've got great presenters coming out. We mm-hmm. haven't even listed the presenters yet. So <laughs> I just want to list a couple of them. We okay. Ha- we have... Um, Only list ones that have name. Oh, list of everyone. Fuck it. Let's do whatever you want. Uh, Goddess Lakshmi and Sweet Limey. Mm-hmm. Yay. We have um, Master Obsidian and Slave Namaste. And who else am I going to go with? How about... See, now here's something interesting. Okay. Uh, we realized the other day. Now, when we built Park Exchange Summit, we wanted mm-hmm. it to be different from some of the other events that we went to <laughs> where, you know, everybody is these leather people right. or they're not leather people or they're gore people right. or they're this. So All that, great events, but... Yes, but we wanted to bring everybody together. Mm-hmm. But it just so happens that we have um, the 2009, I think... International Master Slave Couple is one of our presenters. I think so. It was either 9 or 10. Uh, probably 10. Right. And then the um, Great Lakes Master Slave Couple. And Currently. The current yes. Great Lakes Master Slave Couple. <laughs> and another Master Slave Couple. Northeast. From Northeast. Mm-hmm. So it just so happens that there's a 50% chance that we will have the current <laughs> reigning International Master Slave Couple because of... We've already booked them before the contest. Yes, and the contest is in a few weeks. Yes. So So although we'll have um, Power Exchange presenters from a variety of different... Including Gorian. Yes, Mm -hmm. which we're very happy to book that. Uh, From a different variety of different Power Exchange styles, Damsa, Master Slave, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's just neat that from the leather contingent, we will have a couple title holders. We will. And we don't even know what their title will be when they get when there. When they get there. <laughs> so, because they already have one, they may have another. That's true. Awesome, awesome. So, cool. So, there's my little, my little, I'm just so excited about the presenters. I, I just, I want to go to some workshops myself. <laughs> and I've been told <laughs> I probably won't have time. No, you probably won't have time. Okay. So, let's see. Um, all right. So, we've probably been chatting for a while now. So, let's go with a quickie. Good. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> like we know how to do a quickie. Okay. So, this one's probably a quickie. I was going to do the next one, but I have a feeling that's a thinker. Okay. So, from Sunny in California. Hi, Sunny. What sort of events do lifestyle people go to? Did you bring this one up just so you can plug Power Exchange Summit again? Oh, no, actually. I just thought (laughs) I was going through my little list and figured, oh, well, that should be a short one. You know, um, 
There's a number. I tell you that the, the reality is most lifestyle people, power exchange people, go to mm-hmm. BDSM events mm-hmm. because that's what you got. There's a plethora. Is yeah. that a real word? A plethora of there BDSM is, events. Um, very few power exchange based events. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are out there right now are very focused on a particular style of power exchange. Right. You know, and, and one of the catalysts for us um, putting together Power Exchange Summit is that one of the events is for male heterosexual masters and female slaves. Yes. That's their, you know, that's who they wanted in their event. That's their Just little that. niche. Right. Um, and I find that a little limiting mm-hmm. even though that's pretty much our category you know who we are who we are but um i certainly don't define myself that way and i certainly don't think those are the only people that are going to bring me um teachings or education and right. i'm sure they don't see it that way either i don't, I don't know why anybody does anything i don't care <laughs> um but mainly people in power exchange relationships they go to bdsm events because right. you end up with some some MS mm-hmm. teaching there, uh, but mainly that's that's what you got. Yeah. So there's the BDSM slash kink events or parties. Mm-hmm. Um, there are the um, the five main leather events. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's more than that, but there, there's five main ones on the circuit, and um, then some more. Um, but I was also thinking some of us put together high protocol dinners. We sure. go to those. Um, Weekend intensives. Mm-hmm. We've done a few of those. Um, teas, round tables. I don't know that those count as events, but they're ideas to look at. So we're we're a little skewed in one yeah. regard. Why? What events do Dan and Don go to? The ones we get invited to present at. Well, that's true too. Yes. So, or the ones we put together. Yeah, so, so like the high protocol dinners. Yes. We put those together, and you know, and things like that. So. so uh, Sunny in California, all you have to do is get us invited to present an event out there, and we'll come out there and answer the question in person and see if you're really wearing the shirt, T-shirt that you want. <laughs> Yay! So other than that, um, wow, we didn't think we had anything to talk about. Tell I know. That Forty-five works. minutes in, we're just getting to our uh, interview with uh, Good Sir Nick, and again, um, Trans Campout's been very uh, nice to us here at the podcast. And again, I want to mention that. After you listen to Nick, you're going to be like, whoa, I need to go to this event, and ah, I'm not paying full price. So listen to the end bump to get mm-hmm. your secret discount. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> so, Don, one of the best times we had presenting, and you and I present about a dozen times, 15 times a year mm-hmm. at different events, but one of the favorite ones we had last year was an event in Walston, West Virginia in the middle of July called Trans Campout. And we have on the uh, podcast tonight Papa Bear Nick, who was one of the instrumental people of making that such a fantastic event last year. Yay! Nick, thanks for being on the podcast tonight. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Don. So last year, um, you know, we're just going to start right with, uh, we're not going to talk about the fabulous presenters or playing outdoors. We're going to talk about the food. Which was plentiful. So I really enjoyed the. And last year, one of the things you did last year, Nick, was you did a lot of the cooking. Is that right? Yes, I did. Well, yum. 
it was fabulous. And it's always great when we go to an event that includes the, the food into the price mm-hmm. of the event. So, you know, you don't have to worry about bringing a lot of extras and, and that type of stuff. So that was really fun. And then everybody got to eat at the same time and be really social. Absolutely. And that was one of the neat things, although I, I do understand you're not going to be the big, you're not going to be cooking every meal this time around. Right. Instead of cooking the four days, three meals a day, which comes out to my math is horrible, but I think that's 20 meals. I'm probably going to, <laughs> I'm probably going to scale it back a little bit and probably only do about half that uh, as involvement. And we're going to involve more of the organizers to have some varied cooking um, tastes and opportunities. Yeah, but Very it was cool. really good last year. I mean, I know, I know you did the meat option and then the vegetarian option. So there was plenty to choose from. Yes, plenty, plenty. So much so that our coolers did not uh, want to be around me anymore. They were stuffed to the gills. <laughs> so we'll we'll turn this into a real interview now that I've gotten over my uh, uh, food fetish. Um, so tell me about Trans Camp Out. Okay, so Trans Camp Out um, has had a long history and started as the leather run for a uh, – trans men's organization called uh, La Fraternity du Luc Garreau, which is organized by and ran by trans men out of the Ohio region. And for about 10 years, they did it by themselves, and it was their once-a-year meeting. And it started to become bigger than that and bigger than just the membership. It started to become people who were just interested in the BDSM scene, just the trans scene. We have people that come to our camp that aren't even kinky. They just want to be around other trans folk. And it's an amazing experience. And so it has evolved into something beyond a leather club. And now it is called Trans Camp Out for that reason. So I noticed that there were a couple of people there that um, were not into kink and things like that. And I'm trying to think of uh, the A word that they are. They're the supporters of um, trans people. And um, it was really interesting to sit and chat with them and, and explain a little bit about power exchange and a little bit about uh, kink, you know, because they just weren't really aware of that part. Very interesting sure. people. Very supportive. Advocate is the word you think Advocate, about. that's yes. it. Advocate and ally. Yes. Advocate and ally. So is yes. the, the event now, it's really funny to hear the history of it now because when we went to the event last year, it felt like pretty much any other um, kink event, you know, where you had during the day you had classes and presentations and at night there was a nice outdoor uh, dungeon furniture out there that you could play. Um but you, the, hearing how it started, what, what, how did it end up transforming into what it is today? You know, I'm not exactly sure how how it evolved over time. I've really only been involved uh, since 2010, so I'm pretty brand spanking new. Um, but uh, from what I gather of talking to members of the the Leatherman's group and that I'm now a member of as well. It it really just started as some people wanting to have fun out in the woods, and then it turned into the leather run, and then it the uh, leather club as leather clubs have become to be. Um, you may now know they're not as uh, prolific as they used to be, and mm-hmm. people don't like the 
either don't like the exclusivity or they don't like the the smallness or the largeness, you know, take your pick of what people don't like about some leather clubs. And so it just hasn't uh, had a chance to to blossom. And rather than allow this awesome event to stalemate, it needed to have a broader scope. Okay. Understood. And it does have a slightly broader scope or a bigger, yes. broader scope. However you look at it. I mean, I even got to run um, a couple of the rituals last yes. year. So there was, there's rituals involved. There's a, yeah. um, I want to call them rebirthing uh, rituals, uh, but mm, awesome. Uh, the first year that I went, we had uh, one of the folks that has been several years and had to miss last year. He's a, an ordeal shaman and he did a transformation ritual. And now I can't even think of it and he'll probably spank me for it later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can't remember the name precisely of the ritual other than it was just absolutely amazing and it was transformative for me at the time. And I think that it uh, any time that there's heightened emotion and then you add into it ritual, whatever background it comes from, mm-hmm. it just makes things all the more, more potent. Sure. And, now, Nick, have you been to other events Yes, I have. I've been to not a ton of them, but but a few. I've been to Imsel in San Francisco. Uh, I've been to several small town uh, play parties. Okay. And, uh, this is the most amazing so far, which is why I'm involved as heftily as I am. I, I, I don't disagree. Now, do you identify as a trans person? Yes, I am. I am. I am a man of trans history. I am currently in transition uh, within two years of starting official chemical transition. Okay. Now, do you think it's, so is it important for trans people to have, I mean, it is called trans camp out. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's important for trans people to have their own event then? Yes, absolutely. I think that it allows, it allows for a certain amount of feeling like you belong in a world where you really feel marginalized frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of, of how people treat you, whether it's good or bad, being around people that aren't like you is kind of tiring after a while. And sometimes it's it's nice to just kind of shed that armor you put on for the world. Well, and it seems important enough that you're actually traveling from the West Coast to go yeah, to I'm the in, boonies of West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, I'm outside of Portland, Oregon. So awesome, awesome. So that's, that, that is a quite trip. a journey then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but the the event itself, as as we found, it's very very uh, open to non trans people as well, be it advocates or allies. Certainly, uh, Don and I, when we were uh, asked to present out there, um, you know, we we pulled the person aside who asked us and said, "Well, we're not really, you know, we don't identify as trans." And then they looked at me and said, "Well, duh." <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I, I thought for myself, one of the really interesting experiences, obviously we've been to many, many events where we've met and come across and interacted with trans people at the event, but it's an interesting experience for people uh, who are advocates and allies to be at a trans event where you are not the majority. We where are you're, the minority. Yeah. yeah. And, and I can't say enough how, how open and, and welcome we felt. But it's really interesting and a wonderful experience for us to be the minority, as you were saying. Mm-hmm. It, it, the uh, yeah, absolutely. I can't even put words to it, but I, I, I get your gist. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you think it's important then that non-trans people um, 
come to an event like this so that they can get that experience and maybe get a kind of an idea of what your normal event experience is like? Yeah, I, I actually do. I think that the more a person, regardless of your, your history and your personal background, the more you can put yourself out of your personal comfort zone, the more you can learn in this life and the better person you become. So now, is it still important to you to, um, I, I think what popped into my head was, is that do you not want too many non-trans people coming because then it waters it down and just becomes another kink event? Right. We certainly don't want it to ever become another kink event, but at the same time, I wouldn't condone um, turning people away because of their trans or non-trans, um, what's the word, status? <laughs> that, <laughs> okay. That's a good word, because, I mean, I really, really enjoyed just the openness that was there. I mean, it was just really nice that people could really embrace who they were, and, and, and you know, and they could be naked and and I still had to ask for pronouns, and you know, and, and it was, but it was a really fulfilling experience. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I, and I can't say enough how you know, uh, and I will quite honestly admit that Don and I were a little nervous coming into this because we were outsiders, so to speak, and uh, we're very welcome. Very, and it, the neat thing is, it doesn't feel when you're there like a trans event or a not trans event. It feels like a human event, a people yes. event, and everybody a, treated us like everybody else. Mm -hmm. We turn it into a family. So far, yes. it has surprised me each and every year. People come in, they come in strangers, and they leave family. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really one of the distinguishing characters of what makes a great event, in my opinion. Excellent. So one more question for you, if you don't mind. It's called Camp Out, but you've got cabins and a pool and a bar and a nightclub. Is that really camping? <laughs> well, yeah, down in the valley where if you drive your car and it's not 4x4 four four and you might not make it up the hill, it's certainly camping. Um, we don't have a lot of people who ask about the hotel room or rooms, but when they do, <laughs> we understand, okay, I know you're going to end up there, but I know we're going to spend 18 hours of your day. Right, right. So I hope you like hiking because it's up and down the hill. <laughs> but I will I will be have to admit uh, there was a day, and this is in July, there was a day or two where I was very grateful to be able to sink into that pool for a little bit. That nice, cool pool, Absolutely. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, Long Fork Campground. They've got um, they've got some great amenities in the middle of nowhere, don't they? Absolutely, Nick. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, Trans Campout is happening on July 11th through the 15th in beautiful Walton, West Virginia. And um, my understanding is, I read somewhere that if if uh, even though you said you're not going to do all the cooking, that if people come and they mention hearing you on the podcast, you would make them a sandwich. Oh, sure. Well, there you go. Ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick, thank you very much for being on the podcast tonight. Thanks, Thank Nick. you, Dan. Thank you, Don. Campout in Walton, West Virginia is offering an exclusive deal for all EA podcast listeners. If you use promo code TCO2012 underscore erotic awakening, you'll receive 15% off the cost of the event. Check out www.transcampout.org. Want to have your product, event, charity, or service as the first thing listeners hear about on our podcast? 
Make a donation to the podcast for a 10-second front bump on our show that reaches listeners from around the world, like Panama. Like Panama. Yay. Contact us at Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Did you know that you can buy the highly acclaimed books, Living MS, or Slut Sex, <laughs> Sex Stories and Power Exchange by Dan and Dawn, or support them by buying the Erotic Waking t-shirts, messenger bags, or coffee mugs. All items but can be found by simply visiting the Shop and Support page at the Erotic Awakening website. Any dollar and 20 cents we make from anything sold on the site goes directly back into the continuing educational mission of Erotic, Erotic Awakening. Awakening. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dan.